Welcome back to the Chattervast Podcast. I'm your host, Chad. Thanks again for joining me today. I thought I'd start out by uh, telling you about a new podcast that I've just launched with another friend of mine. Uh, his name's Ryan, and we just launched Escape News, which you can go on YouTube, on podcast apps, find it anywhere. Just come on and join us. It's an interesting discussion for the first episode. We're hoping to produce this once a week. We're discussing news-related things. I'll be covering more of news that's happened in the past and then where that story is at, at this point. Uh, you know, things that fall by the wayside because more important news comes out and things you wonder like, hey, what happened to uh, Syria or um, what are there still like fallout things from like Chernobyl or Three Mile Island or in this most recent episode, Deepwater Horizon is one that I talk about. And then my friend Ryan also covers uh, the Abraham Accords, um, which was more recent and some of the other things that he finds of interest. So we cover that in our new um, Escape News podcast. And you can find that on, like I said, on YouTube, like subscribe. That'd be great over there. Um, and I had to uh, design some very clicky uh, head uh, headlines and thumbnails for that to draw in some audience so so it'll be interesting to see how that goes we are taking suggestions from people but we do have um quite a list of topics and things to hit um initially so uh join us over there on escape news it'll be an interesting and fun discussion uh, of course once you get into some of these old news stories you hit uh conspiracy theories uh that's a a lot of fun i guess would be the term <laughs> so uh check it out over there uh, i'd greatly appreciate it so i'd like to start off today's um story today we're going to talk about tesla uh this will be a shorter episode i'm not expecting to talk very long about these things because you've probably seen some of the stuff i'm talking about in the news uh first we're going to start off with tesla and um basically uh tesla has released a new beta i believe it's called beta fd or full full driving self-driving and I think it's their fifth year beta, uh, it was considered. And it's supposed to have, people are reading into it wrong. They think that it's supposed to be like completely self-driving, but it's still beta, it's, it's the idea of it. And from what I've seen on videos, if you go watch, you can go on YouTube and I'll click on uh, that in a minute, I'll show you some stuff. It is incredible what it can do. Like, I'm not a Tesla fanboy in the sense that, like, they can be right about everything. Like, Hyperloop is obviously, that that's not going to work scientifically. That's, that's not possible. Um, what they're, like, saying they were going to achieve in the beginning. They're still going to build a tube that they can drive cars through, but that's not really what they were expecting in the beginning. But with Tesla, the self-driving car, it's amazing to see. Now, it's also really scary when the car is self-driving and gets something wrong. Oh, man, I would it would be terrifying. Now, I've never driven in a Tesla, but what other people tell me, it's like, it's like riding in a roller coaster. It's, it's very smooth and you just accelerate, which is very different, um, I guess, than a traditional vehicle because you have the rumble of the engine and it, it just works different. So it's a different experience. Now, if you watch some of the other videos, there are like uh, additional things you can add onto your Tesla to have ludicrous mode and you just go from like zero to 16, uh, three or so seconds, um, which is pretty intense from right here. There's a lot of those videos where people like smack into the back seat because they're just like pressed up from the initial jolt of energy uh, as you go flying down the road. Um, but this is really interesting uh, with the self-driving aspect of it. The vehicle obviously could do a lot of things that I've, I've seen in, in year for years in other vehicles, um, lane, like basic lane changing or like uh, keeping, keeping within the lane. Now this uh, self-driving beta shows it taking turns, watching uh, the road for lights and signs and other vehicles. 
it is it's amazing it really is amazing um that they were able to get to this point and obviously it's inevitable that we're gonna move more and more into an automated type of world i had a friend uh a couple of years ago mentioned to me he and at the time i didn't really agree with him and it was really hard because um from the american perspective cars and vehicles are kind of like America because America is like really big and we have this perception that there's there's nothing like hopping in your car and just being able to drive wherever you want and I still think that it's going to be a really long time before we do away with um driving your own vehicle because we have vast amounts of land and and uh traveling between places I I just can't see self-driving vehicles where you you don't have to drive it at all taking over entirely you have like a lot to do with um money obviously people be able to afford these things and then you have a lot to do with like the laws that have to go into place the technology that goes into place and whether or not people want to give up being able to drive vehicles now obviously there are a lot of people who are just like rather text not deal with driving and have the vehicle drive itself and i think we are moving that moving that way but i think we're still a while off anyways going back to my friend he had mentioned um that at some point he thinks that cars are going to be like horses you don't see people don't use horses generally for transportation here i I would say generally almost like in any way we don't really use it I, i mean there are probably some exceptions where you actually use it for necessary travel but I don't even know what the statistic is on this. I should probably pull that, but it's really high as far as people don't use horses anymore. And he thinks that's going to be the same thing with driving your own vehicle. Vehicles obviously will still be around, um, but like driving your own vehicle as far as a car goes, he thinks that's going to be something that you go to a place and you do it in a special occasion. Just like you go to a pasture or a farm and you ride a horse and that's a special thing that you pay for to do. Um, but he thinks that someday that, that we'll get to that point with vehicles that you don't drive vehicles. They all drive us. And if you want to drive a vehicle, you go somewhere like a NASCAR track or something to actually drive a vehicle to see what it's like. That is going to be incredible. If we ever get to that point, I, I don't know. It'll be a hard change letting go of the steering wheel. Literally it's, I've driven one of these self assist or one of these assisted vehicles that stays in the lane. And it's really amazing it's somewhat terrifying because you're not in control and I'm a person who likes to be in control of a situation. So when you're not in control of the vehicle and, and you were to the point where you didn't even have a steering wheel and, and it just picked you up at your house and drove you where, wherever you wanted, that would be quite a transition in society. And obviously you, you have some places where this is already happening. Waymo has been um, testing stuff like this in Phoenix, Arizona, where you can, um, they talk about this uh, here in this article, uh, Alphabet's Waymo, GM's Cruise, I guess Mercedes actually said they're like out of the business of self-driving vehicles. They're like, we're way too far behind. We can't even do this. But Waymo um, has been doing this for a while. They have a self-driving taxi service where they have safety drivers who ride in the taxi and they're moving to eventually being, um, or I think they already are. They, yeah, they just began, um, early this month okay early this month after three years of testing Waymo began offering driverless taxi rides to the general public and so it's limited to a 50 square mile um, part of Phoenix and only uh, less than 100 driverless rides per week and they're also monitored heavily by the Waymo staff because you're you're testing so much like you have so much information and obviously we're designing the way that these vehicles drive for America and it is completely different when you go to places where they drive on the other side of the road, where the cameras have to look for signs and how they're supposed to respond to things. I'm guessing they're like for being a software, um, like being in development and being programming 
in programming, I'm just like, that's going to be a nightmare because you can't just like take a car and put it in another country and expect it to do well because there are changes. And obviously in places where there isn't as much infrastructure, you also have that challenge and you're basically relying on other vehicles and obstacles to delineate where the edges of where you can drive are. Uh, it, it sounds like a nightmare. I wouldn't want to be in that industry, but I know there's lots of headway they're making. So it's really interesting to see that Waymo is already going towards this completely driverless um, thing. Uh, and of course, you have haters on the other side of it. Um, I was looking at one of these articles and people immediately, um, you have like the Elon Musk fanboys who are just, everything he does is amazing. And you also have on the other side, everybody who thinks this is just ridiculous. And anytime you have a character who's kind of like um, a Tony Stark-esque from the Avengers, where they're like rich and just eccentric and crazy into futuristic technologies, you're going to have people on both sides of the camp, strongly on both sides of the camp. I fall into, there's some really interesting things he's going to make and has made. Um, and there are some things that he's just kind of off his rocker on. So I, I, I like to follow what he does because there are things that Elon Musk and several of these other people that we're going to talk about in a minute um, really changed the world over the past two decades. It's amazing how much the world has changed. And obviously people who've lived longer than uh, since the 80s I have watched the world change incredibly. I can't imagine like what it was like to be alive in the 30s or the 40s and the early 1900s. What the world is that we are living in now is just vastly different. So anyways, uh, Tesla, if you want to check out on that, you can just go on YouTube, type in Tesla beta and watch. And um, it is uh, incredible. Some of these videos where the Tesla is just doing its own thing. There's tons of these things. And actually what Tesla did, I guess people who actually, um, so if you have a Tesla and you post your videos on YouTube and you regularly show the new features and stuff, they will include you in the beta because it was a limited beta for who could be part of it. And I guess they wanted to get the, you know, the PR and they gave it out to the people who were already like doing videos. I guess, I guess that's kind of there. So, uh, it's, it's a win-win for Tesla because you already have people who are interested in it and already testing out things and already producing content for you and doing free content for you. Um, cause obviously there's other people who are going to go watch it. Um, so I check that out, uh, go on YouTube and watch some of these videos. It's scary when something goes wrong uh, and how they have to like grab the wheel and like turn something or stop something. So we have some ways to go, but I don't think we're super far off or they are very super far off from being completely driverless. Like it is incredible how far they have come with this technology and obviously they're going to continue to move forward with it. Um, so before I move into the next uh, topic, uh, we're going to uh, see sponsor today. Uh, this is from one of my stores called Love Adopts. It's about foster care and adoption t-shirts and paraphernalia. And you can pick up one of these t-shirts. This is my basic adopt logo t-shirt. Uh, just says adopt, has a handprint with a heart on it. And there's a link in the description. If you like, go pick one of those up. Uh, any purchases of any of these things will support the show. Um, so going on with our next um, topic is the big tech Senate hearing. And if you don't know about this, um, it was boring. <laughs> I, I watched the whole, listened to the whole thing. And I, I was shocked at some of the things that people, the senators were saying, in particular, Ted Cruz, how vehemently <laughs> he came across. He was, it was intense. Um, <clears throat> but as far as what was being said, it, I don't think a lot of people, I don't know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who watched it, but it was really boring. Um, and the gist of what was happening is that um, the Senate called up Google, Facebook, and um, 
Twitter. So Jack Dorsey, Sindar Pichai, and um, Mark Zuckerberg. And they had to come testify about more or less the involvement of social media platforms in our election and uh, and censoring content. Those were everything that this um, whole conversation was. It was four hours of interrogating and the gist of what happened was the senators on the Republican side were mad and calling them out for banning and censoring conservative news articles. And the Democrat side was saying, this is just a sham and uh, we don't need to be doing this right before the election because they're doing it just because Trump wants them to so that Trump will win the election. There are the two sides of the story. Now, the uh, Democrat side, I guess I can see where they're coming from on that. Um, There may be some of that at play. I don't really think you're going to change that many people's uh, votes at that point, at this point on there. Who knows? It's really hard to say uh, what dark forces lie behind the screen. <laughs> but um, on the Republican side, I understand where they're coming from on this. Uh, we know about Hunter Biden is a thing that came up in the news recently. Um, I don't know. I didn't look into and don't really care to look into all of the dirty deeds that were done. But a, a laptop of his was taken at a repair so- shop and they had taken some of the information off of it and presented this online. And the Washington Post wrote an article and posted it on Twitter. And Twitter blocked it and actually disabled their entire account so that they couldn't post it um, or uh, post anything. And any other, all the other mentions of this article were immediately removed from Twitter. I believe Facebook got involved at the same time doing similar things like that. And uh, so from the conservative perspective, you have the idea that um, these liberal social media platform um, CEOs were doing this to because this makes Biden's campaign look bad that his son was doing illegal things. And uh, but so what Twitter had to say now you should have seen the one part in there that was like really intense was Ted Cruz just going at it with Jack Dorsey and the others just there was nothing that these people could do these CEOs could do because they were subpoenaed to come and testify and answer their questions and they just had to sit there because Trump had um after this whole Hunter Biden thing actually had released a thing that was dealing with I believe it's called section 2 uh 230 oh yeah section 230 and and the gist of this uh section 230 it protects companies and newspapers because they are not um, liable for what people write on their platforms or in their newspapers. Because the newspaper or YouTube or Reddit or Facebook or Twitter, they're not the ones producing that content. It's their users. And so this Section 230 basically protects them and says, hey, like you're not going to be liable for what these people say. Um, and Trump took issue with that because they're censoring certain things. Twitter, or Jack Dorsey, says that the reason they um, blocked this particular article was because it was from hacked sources, that the material that they presented in the um, the post was from a, was illegally obtained, basically. But the chairman and Ted Cruz and the others on the Republican side were saying that you didn't have a problem with that. And as they said, the Republicans say gleefully spreading Trump's uh, taxes um, information all over Twitter and the other places 
when that was illegally obtained as well. So you do have a double standard here. Um, that's obviously just that's information right there that uh, there's it's undeniable. That is what happened that uh, Twitter blocked um, Washington Post. And they say they did that because of hacked information, but they didn't block that information when it was t Trump's taxes. And that was illegally obtained as well. Um, so uh, and it, it gets in they they argue about semantics, but in all in all, these CEOs had to sit there and just take whatever the senators were saying to them or about them <laughs> because they, I mean, they can't do anything because um, they more or less had like a very small time frame, like seven minutes to make some comments. And you went around, you had tons of senators. It lasted four hours. It was really long. It was very heated at moments. Um, but there wasn't really anything the CEOs could do. I think at the end of it all, the gist of what um, all these uh, CEO and the senators decided to come up with is some type of plan to um, report on what they censor and why they censor it and make that more clear. I think what people are looking at is changing section 230. Now I say what people are looking at, I would recommend that they change um, is making it so that you are liable for what your users post if you censor and control what they're allowed to post. Now you get into a huge amount of problems with that because there needs to be on that list things that people are allowed to censor for and not lose that protection there. Because if you go to somewhere like 4chan, doesn't censor anything. It it's a nightmare of a place. Um, when when it comes out, like there are hate groups um, of every variety, and there's all kinds of objectionable content. Um, one particular app that was supposed to be for free speech and not um, censoring anything is Parler, and it's supposed to be like the new conservative thing. And really, if you get on Parler, I, I made an account for Chattervast and to you know get some more marketing out there. And it's basically like a comment thread on a Fox News article. It's not like fun. I, I don't really enjoy going to those places. I've gone down to the Fox News articles and it and um, CNN and all those different ones. It's just, uh, I mean, it's just a lot of antagonistic people and fighting and the stereotypes and stuff like that. And the parlor one is more of just all the people who are on the right side and carry out the stereotypes of um, what other people are. And obviously I fall more in the conservative camp but some of that rhetoric definitely pushes me away from the, um, uh, adhering or joining with those people. Um, but even Parler has found it that they have to make some rules shortly on. And some articles are very critical of them. But realistically, they weren't doing anything that didn't make sense. They weren't against free speech. They were just trying to stop people from posting um, hate speech in like... Uh, terrorism basically and i think white supremacy or something but mostly like and, and pornographic uh content as well so those were some of the things that they had to do on parlor and that is something that you're gonna have to deal with when you're dealing with this section 230 when you're dealing with the internet and the anonymity that people have people are willing to post a lot more like you can look at facebook and i've talked about facebook before that i don't really like it i'm not on facebook i have an account for marketing purposes and other things but i don't use it personally and parlor even i'm like whew, i just need to just post my things for marketing and i don't even know if i really want to because it's another one of those places that all these social media platforms allow people to be anonymous and say what they want about other people and i think it's a it's harder to do that if you're in person having a conversation with someone Speaking of being in person with and having a conversation with someone, my friend who I talked about last time, 
Um, I had gotten some of the, that information wrong, uh, exactly about the, him voting for Biden and why and all that stuff. And I sent my podcast to him, uh, partly for marketing. Hey, I have a new podcast. You can listen to it. But also because I talked about him and I thought it'd be fair to say, hey, can you listen to this? Tell me if I'm correct. And if I'm not, correct it or let's just talk about it on my podcast. I'd love to have you on and we can discuss this because I am willing to have conversations with people I completely disagree with. And I'm okay with walking away from conversations. I'm not saying that I completely disagree with him or anything like that. I'm just saying that in general, I, I want to have a conversation with people because I think that's important. I think what's going to happen with Parler and these other things, uh, I've seen a lot of people call for, like, we need to have a conservative social media platform or YouTube or different things like that. Besides the whole fact that it's complicated and you have to have money and all that stuff, I think that's not going to help the problem of the disparity between the factions in the U.S. You're going to see more disunion and, and disjointedness in America, the more that we separate into our little camps. And that it does not lead to a good nation for us or for our kids someday. So I think it's important that we have conversations with other people. The hard part is when it comes down to it, people aren't having those conversations. And even if they do, I don't know that you can't just change other people's minds and coming your worldview really affects things like my worldview coming from a Christian background and everything that shapes everything that I believe about the world and why. And obviously, if you have a different worldview, that changes the conversation you're going to have with someone. So I think it's important to have the conversations. Um, I think it will help. I can't say it would fix everything, obviously. But uh, I don't think it's going to be going in the right direction. Now, again, you have to deal with what they're saying here about Facebook, Google, and Twitter being more liberal and censoring conservative sides. I've actually seen some stuff where they censor some liberal sides of things too. That rhetoric is out there. Um, but there are definite cases on the conservative side of this happening. And you have to deal with that because... Uh, that shouldn't be the case if you want to have this conversation. I'm assuming that these people would want to have conversation and want to have unity in our country. But at the same time, everyone's human and everyone has an agenda of what they think the world, uh, what the country or their world should look like. Now, I don't have an idea of what this country should look like. I just, I just don't. I can't fix things because I know that every problem doesn't have a simple solution. There's no such thing. It's all complicated and everything is intertwined. But I want to talk about this um, so that you just had an idea of what happened in the Senate hearing. Uh, gist of it being they're going to try to come up with some plan to um, report on what they censor and why they censor it and what's allowed and just be more clear about that. Um, whether or not that happens it remains to be seen because they just had this conversation a couple days ago. Again, if you want to go watch it, you can look it up on YouTube and check it out. It's really long and Cruz was definitely the star of the show as far as representing. I, I definitely think he would run for president again in 2024. That's what uh, several people were saying. He's definitely like the number one ticket uh, name there in that and definitely had a concise and direct approach to this matter. So um, that's all for today's show. If you uh, want to like, subscribe, comment about some things uh, going on in your world or things you'd like to have a conversation about, if you're on podcast, please rate the show. If you'd like to go to Teespring, you can also pick up merch there. And of course, Patreon, support me there. I'd love to upgrade microphone <laughs> or something like that. One of these days, this thing keeps just moving around a bunch, but at least I'm working on getting better audio quality and better video quality on this production with what I have. Thanks for joining me again today and we'll see you next time.